Is homosexuality sin? In this episode of Hardcore Christianity, Andy and I attempt to tackle one of the most divisive topics of our generation. We'll explore statistics highlighting the sexual makeup of our society, we'll examine what it means for Bible-believing Christians, and we'll explore what the Bible says about homosexuality in all its forms. If you are a Christian and you're struggling with how to handle the moral revolution, if you are a homosexual believer struggling with the biblical truths concerning homosexuality, or if you just want to know why Bible-believing Christians believe the way that we do on the subject, you want to stick around for this episode of Hardcore Christianity. Well, Andy, thank you for joining me for another episode of Hardcore Christianity to talk about a really, really tough topic. And I know some of which uh, others out there may may not agree with um, what the Bible says about homosexuality. But before we talk about homosexuality and what the Bible has to say about it, I think it, we should really define what we mean when we say homosexuality because it's become quite confusing in our culture, at least specifically in the, in the past several years. I don't know what you have, but I have... Um, that there are several different acronyms that mm. are thrown around out there nowadays. Uh, it's almost like alphabet soup. And one of the, the acronyms that I had that, that um, the, of course, the most um, popular one is LGBT. Yes. Uh, but there is LGBTQIAGNC, which stands for lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, intersex, asexual, gender nonconforming. And I have to you know, be honest with you, I don't know what all of those mean. I know, of course, the first four do, but uh, those last few are kind of confusing. But then there's even more, uh, and I'll put it up on the screen there, uh, of the alphabet soup that's out there trying to define the different uh, uh, people and their sexual orientation. For, for, for simplicity, what we're going to do on this episode of Hardcore Christianity is boil it down to the basic understanding of homosexuality. Do you happen to have a definition of what you would say homosexuality is? Uh, yeah, I actually went to the most uh, trusted source, Wikipedia. <laughs> uh, on Wikipedia, homosexuality is romantic attraction, sexual attraction, or sexual behavior between members of the same sex or gender. As a sexual orientation, se homosexuality is an enduring pattern of emotional, romantic, and or sexual attractions to people of the same sex. Mm. It, also refer it also refers to a person's sense of identity based on those attractions, related behaviors, and membership in a community of others who share those attractions. And I like the definition there because it's not talking about, I mean, the act of homosexuality is implied, but it's talking about um, the proclivity of a person toward the person of the same sex. And I'll, uh, for the sake of just uh, uh, supporting what you said, I did find the Merriam-Webster dictionary uh, definition, which basically says the homosexuality is um, of of relating to or characterized by the tendency to direct sexual desire toward another of the same sex. So when we're talking about homosexuality, we're not just talking about the act of what happens. It's the desire for the person of the same sex. Absolutely. So why are we even asking this question, Andy? Well, it seems like in the news, I mean, there just are, are, aren't a lot more belief systems and there's not a lot more social groups that are more at odds than the homosexual community and the Christian community. Mm -hmm. And I think that the um, in the media, a lot of the portrayal that comes across from what, what would be claimed as conservative Christianity is anger and hate. 
towards this homosexual community. And I think that the response a lot of time to con- conservative Christians from the homosexual community as well is anger and bigotry. Mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of um, just uh, hate coming back. But uh, on on both sides, I can't I can't I can't suppose that it hasn't been to some some degree warranted. You know, we have the Westboro Baptists that hold those horrific um, signs about homosexuals and marriage and what will happen to them and what God thinks of them. Mm. But also you have the, the other side of that of some horrible pictures of just complete blasphemy and, um, of the Christian lifestyle of Jesus himself. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think that it's become a cultural um, undertone towards war. Yeah. I think that it's just a lot of misunderstanding. Mm-hmm. I think it can, not to, to put it in the same um, facet, but it could be likened to the racial misunderstandings. Ultimately, mm-hmm. we... We all come from the same God, and we are all mm-hmm. brothers and sisters in His eyes. And I think that um, both you both can be held accountable for acting in ways that are not becoming what they say they support. Yes. Uh, believers of, uh, sometimes have been found guilty of acting in ways toward the homosexual community in a way that isn't reflective of who Jesus is, isn't reflective of what the Bible tells us that we should be and how we should react toward the homosexual community. And likewise, I believe that the homosexual community, if they were to, um, to examine their actions, uh, would say, well, that act is not reflective of who we are. Absolutely. And so um, I hope today that we can kind of clarify what the Bible says that believers should act, how they should act, and uh, what the Bible also says about homosexuality itself and what the Bible says about homosexuals or Christians who identify as homosexuals. Mm-hmm. Because I believe that there are Christians, people who identify as believers in Christ who struggle with Christianity, uh, what, um, struggle with homosexuality, yep. whether mm-hmm. they practice it or not. And uh, we'll kind of delve into some of that too today. Uh, but one of the things that I found is that um, uh, one of the statistics is approximately one in 100 American women and two in 100 American men identify as homosexual and another four percent of americans identify as bisexual which if we look at our at our definition which is saying that someone has basically the proclivity toward the same sex all of these um these uh uh, lesbian gay and bisexual would all fall under that uh, umbrella Mm -hmm. and that was from statista.com but also that same uh article was saying that homosexuality is still a controversial topic in the united states but polls and surveys regarding its moral acceptability or the legalization of same-sex marriage show an obvious trend towards acceptance and tolerance of the LGBT community among the American population. So we see our culture warming up to the mm-hmm. idea of uh, homosexuality as being accepted and, and embraced even uh, now, today, more than ever. Even back in the, uh, it hasn't been that long, and you know more about history than I do, but, uh, <laughs> but it hasn't been t- so long since um, uh, homosexuality was vilified yes. and uh, was looked upon even by uh, the secular community as an abomination and, and wrong and should be un- not done and not even talked, ab- talked about, even though it do- did exist at the time. Uh, so uh, that's, th- that's what we're talking about it today. Homosexuality um, existed in Bible times. And it's talked about more in the Bible than abortion is. Abortion wasn't around uh, mm-hmm. during Bible times, but homosexuality is. And we can all, we, and believers have strong feelings about abortion, uh, but there isn't 
a lot of things that the Bible says specifically about abortion, but there are some things that we can point toward uh, what the Bible says and what God says about homosexuality. And we'll do that later. But first, I want to get your uh, opinion on what you believe about homosexuality and why. Um, well, I start off with would like to say that there are people that in my life that I care deeply about and um, are very important to me that are identified as homosexual. And so it is, it is a subject that I'm very sensitive to. Um, but ultimately, I land on the belief that, that what the Bible says is true and that homosexuality is a sin. That being said, I don't believe that any one sin outweighs another sin. I believe the Lord sees all sin as, as equal. Mm -hmm. And so um, walking in that sin and, and actively participating in it is, is a lot different than somebody who, who is... Um, seeking the Lord's guidance for it. You know, right now there is a huge epidemic of pornography in the church. Um, it is not uh, just the homosexual community that, that struggles with the, this type of a sin, that it is rampant. Mm -hmm. And so I, I don't believe that homosexuals deserve to be outcasts. I don't believe that they deserve to be labeled as any worse than any other uh, sin group. Mm -hmm. I believe that we are we are all... Um, born in sin, but that there is a savior to walk with mm -hmm. us through that. Good. I subscribe to what Paul says to the Corinthians regarding how Christians should handle not only homosexuality, but any kind of sin, as mm -hmm. you kind of mentioned that they're, that they all are on the same plane as God is, as far as it is with God. It says, uh, and I, and I think the believers really need to take heed to this particular portion of scripture, because as we mentioned, there are some believers who handle things the wrong way, thinking they're doing things in the name of God and they're not. And this, uh, this will, I think, clarify it where, where Paul says in first Corinthians chapter five, verses nine through 13, it says, I wrote to you in a letter not to associate with sexual immoral people. Not at all meaning that people of this world who are immoral or greedy or swindlers or idolaters. In that case, you would have to leave this world. But now I am writing to you um, that you must not associate with anyone who claims to be a brother or sister, but is sexually immoral, greedy, uh, an idolater, a slanderer, or drunkard, or a swindler. Do not even eat with such people. What business is it of mine to judge those outside of the church? Are you not to judge those inside? God will judge those outside, expel the wicked person from among you. I bring that up because I believe that believers need to remember that we are not called, first off, to judge. Mm -hmm. But if we are to judge anyone, it is the people in the church, not the people outside of the church. The, sec the, the people who are in the secular community who don't believe the Bible is true, we cannot... Uh, try to impose our beliefs on them because they, first off, they don't even believe that the Bible is true. No. And secondly, Paul says that we're not supposed to do that because, you know, we have to live in the world, but do not associate with people who claim to be believers yet still uh, engage in behavior that is unbecoming a Christian or unbecoming uh, the character of God that is sinful and against what the Lord says. So I think that I, I bring that up because I believe that a lot of people who and it's, it's really hard because I know that people have this heart to as if they have to defend the Lord or defend what the Bible says or mm -hmm. uh, condemn someone and point out something that's wrong or against the word. Uh, but that's not what we're called to do. Yeah. The Bible tells us what we are to do. And if we look at the life of Jesus, he didn't treat 
uh, um, sinners that way. He went into their houses and he spoke with them. He showed love toward them and he did not condemn them. He basically used love to bring them and not condemnation. So I think that that is one of the things I want to point out. That um, was well said. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it also, it, um, I, so I really believe that we don't have anything to say for the people outside of the church. Uh, if, if, if there are believe, unbelievers out there that are waiting for me to bash them over the head and say, oh, what you're doing is wrong, you won't hear that from me because I know that uh, if you don't believe in the Bible, we, we can't even have a discussion. But for the people who do believe, and I, this is why I take issue with the church, and I mean the church, the global church, not just, I mean, some people's, uh, the churches that they attend are spot on doing what the Bible tells them to do. But mm -hmm. uh, we see a lot where the Bible, where the church uh, finds it for some reason, they decide to veer from the Bible, mm -hmm. to, to, to adopt what the culture is saying, to do the things that are politically correct, even when the Bible has never changed. Uh, it, it, when, it, when it was uh, culturally acceptable to hold um, to some beliefs, then they would do it. But then when it's culturally unacceptable, now we will change for whatever reason. It may be to bring people into the church. It may be just because we don't want to be looked upon poorly. It may be because that's the makeup of the church, uh, inviting uh, people that do not believe the same way into the church and the culture changes. But the church itself, um, wh what Paul was pointing out here is that we need to look at what Bible-believing Christians, or at least people who, who associate with the Lord and claim to be believers, what they say, and that is what I wanted to focus on, specifically in this episode of, of uh, Hardcore Christianity. We'll talk about other things, too, and, and, and the, um, the secular uh, uh, people as well, but specifically, I believe this episode is pointed mostly toward those who associate with Christ, who say they believe in Jesus. But one of the things I wanted to point out before we move on um, because I think that, that sometimes it's hard for people to understand uh, and wrap their minds around why homosexuality, how God feels about homosexuality. And one of the analogies that I wanted to point out is basically if you look at it this way, this is the way I look at it. I'm a black man married to a white woman. In our society, they may, there may be, and I know there are several people who might look at that and say, oh, that's unacceptable. That's an abomination. Uh, um, you should marry within your own race. If you start to marry with outside of your race, that is, that is crazy and that is wrong. And I don't believe that you should do that. I think it's culturally wrong. I think it's just totally wrong. Um, the thing is, is that in our society, in our laws, there is no human law that says that, uh, that uh, two people of different ethnicities can marry. But even more importantly, in the Bible, there's nothing that the Bible says that two people of different ethnicities cannot marry. There, there are things back in the, where the Israelites were told not to marry uh, people like the Canaanites or people of other, of other um, uh, cultures because they would lead them away from the Lord. Mm -hmm. But that was the only reason. It wasn't because they were just a different ethnicity. Right. But when you look at homosexuality, you might have people in, in our culture that say, well, homosexuality is an abomination. It is wrong. It should not happen. It's just crazy that people behave in such a way. The thing is, is that in our society, humanity says it's okay. Our laws say it's okay. Our, our laws support it even to the point of marriage. And so uh, they're, they're, homosexuals are not breaking the law by practicing uh, um, their, their homosexuality. But here's the thing. The Bible has specific things to say about homosexuality. So even though homosexuality and even interracial marriage may be culturally taboo in some circles, the Bible is clear 
that though um, being uh, married to someone of a different ethnicity has not been talked about as sin, homosexuality, on the other hand, has been. And I think that we need to know, to, to see that the difference, and, and believers might look at, uh, at uh, unbelievers might look at believers and say, well, why are you, why are you saying such things? Why are you such haters? The Bible is clear about what it says about homosexuality. The Bible is clear about how God feels about homosexuality. And that is really the only thing. If the Bible were to say that uh, we can't marry uh, people of different ethnicities, then I'd be in sin. And I wouldn't marry someone who, then I would not, I would agree with the Bible and not marry someone who is not my race. Uh, but it doesn't say that. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I wanted to point that out because I think that that analogy in my mind helps me to understand the difference because people might say, well, homosexuality doesn't really hurt anybody and it's right. culturally acceptable. So why are you so against it? And it's only because of what the Bible says. Yeah, I appreciate the point that you're making. I think it's a great um, uh, analogy, a great uh, word picture. Um, it's basically the one thing that the Bible speaks to about a marriage such as yours is that in the beginning God created man and woman and that's what it boils down to for marriage. It's, mm -hmm. it's a simple equation I think that's where a lot of uh, Christians fall is, is to that Genesis verse where God created Adam and said that it's not right for him to be alone and created Eve. Mm -hmm. So why would you say that people and some Christians even are so resistant in calling homosexuality sin? Uh, so in the, from the Christian perspective, I found five reasons that I, I think um, that they're resistant to calling it a sin. The first is if you spoke to it already, if you're not hurting anyone uh, else, what's wrong with it? If two people in a loving relationship are not mm -hmm. hurting each other, then why is it wrong? Uh, and the answer is that it's possible to live your whole life without hurting someone. Um, but that doesn't mean that... Uh, if you aren't following God's command in Mark 12:30, to love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and with all your strength, that you know that you can't sin against the Lord mm -hmm. and, and not hurt someone else. Mm -hmm. And so, just because it's not hurting anyone doesn't mean it's an affront to the creation and the way that things were designed. Mm -hmm. We we are the creation. We are created. We are not the creator, and the creator has laid out some very specific rules for the way his creation works. Mm -hmm. uh, the second one is, since we are sinners, too, uh, are we called to call out other sinners? And I appreciate what you've spoken to as well. Um, and I would say that the sin is not the issue. The issue is repentance. Um, you know, pornography, theft, lying, all of these things that, that are easy to continue to walk into in a Christian lifestyle but ultimately aren't seen. Are you walking in a spirit of repentance? Or are you saying, I know what the Bible says. I don't care. I'm going to continue on with what I feel like mm -hmm. is right and what I, I want to do. Uh, third, show me in the Bible where Jesus said something against homosexuality. Uh, so basically, this is the argument for silence is blessing. So Jesus, the Bible does speak specifically to homosexuality. Jesus doesn't. And so if you take a, a look at the um, the context of whom he's speaking, he's speaking to first century Jews who are living under the law. He's speaking to a culture and a society where homosexuality is not a rampant issue. The cultures around them, it might be, but for for a Jewish believer in the first or a Jewish person in the first century Jerusalem and Israel, they would not. There is not rampant homosexuality. So that Jesus is speaking to other things. So that doesn't really 
um, um, mean that he was giving his blessings on it. Mm -hmm. So in Matthew 15, um, the the word is used in there for uh, lust. It's it's pornonea. And so there's a, a, and it refers to all sort of, of sexual immorality, sexual um, uh, against what the Lord designed our sexuality for. The, the Lord designed sex for, for us to enjoy, but ultimately to his glory, mm-hmm. just like he designed everything. And so that pornonea that has a, has a familiar word in it, porn, where mm-hmm. we get the word porn from. So while he didn't specifically say homosexuality, Jesus has spoke, spoken out against sexual immorality. Mm-hmm. It's the same for adultery or anything else. A man who's um, sleeping with another man's wife or his neighbor mm-hmm. who's, who's sleeping with his neighbor's wife. Or to, to speak to your example earlier of the First Corinthians, Paul was writing to the church because there was a man in that church who was sleeping with his, his father's wife. Mm-hmm. So pornonea and all-encompassing. So the Jesus did speak to that, and homosexuality would fall under that scope. Uh, fourth, if it's in nature, it must be natural. Um, you can only point to same-sex sex and, and, and other species as an, an anomaly. It's not the way it's meant to be. Ultimately, if it was in nature, there would be no procreation. Mm-hmm. If homosexual attraction was natural, there would be no procreation. So even for a naturalist or for someone who believes in evolution that doesn't really support their, their theory, their, their belief, because th- there would be no procreation, there would be no carrying on if homosexuality was a part of nature. Um, basically, no species could survive without it. And then finally, um, homosexuality is in the Bible is not the same homosexuality that we see today. And uh, so there was some people who spoke to like Paul addressing it, that saying that slaves were a big thing in, in Paul's time. And so sexual intercourse between a uh, um, uh, head of household and one of his male slaves or something like that was wrong. And uh, we see that um, that's it, it's not referring to a monogamous relationship where they genuinely care for each other. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But that's, that's not what Paul's speaking to at all. He, he's speaking directly to, and this was very rampant, there, there are pottery sh- shards. There are um, all sorts of writings that are very much um, uh, homosexual in nature. There are pottery shards with two men with their robes off, you know, touching each other's privates embracing each other very much welcoming that in so that there's no violence in there there's no force that is a very much a a i want this and mm-hmm. I, I know what i'm doing and i'm inviting this in mm-hmm. and i also want to be used in that way hmm. well, that's interesting i have never heard those reasons uh, the only thing i had thought about is basically that it doesn't it's, it's one of those sins that doesn't seem on the surface to hurt anyone else yeah. it's not like theft it's not like um you know murder it's not like uh, those sins that are uh, um, that someone else is affected negatively, and people could say, "Well, these are two um, consenting adults." Uh, and so, I think in people's minds, and I, you hear the the term, you know, "love who you want to love." You know, uh, uh, don't you know? I can't even remember the actual term, but basically, you know, love who you love. And so, whether that be a man on a, with a man, or a woman with a woman, or a woman with a man, or however it, it shakes out. Just love who you who you love, and I can understand from a human point standpoint, from uh, a unbiblical standpoint, why you could come to that conclusion. Because it's not really hurting someone else. It's right. culturally acceptable. Why 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 what do you have a problem with this for? Why do you have a problem with what people do behind closed doors yeah. in the privacy of their own home with whoever it is that they want to do with consenting adults who have both parties have no problem with what's happening here. 
uh, just like a lot of other uh, the sins that you talked about. And oftentimes uh, um, it is lumped in. I mean, uh, uh, homosexuality biblically is talked about along with things like incest and, and the things that you had mentioned. Uh, so, but those are two can be, um, those are, those are taboo in our world today. Uh, homosexual, homosexuality may be okay, but, um, you know, incest still is not, it's right. still, is still a bad thing in our society. So I think that people in our culture, because the culture has shifted so, um, are wondering, you know, well, how can God be upset with someone loving someone else? I mean, God is love, right? Mm -hmm. And um, they're not hurting anyone else. So I think that those are the things that people struggle with. And I think that's the thing, some of the things that believers struggle with as well. Mm -hmm. Because when people become believers, they oftentimes they've already been in the world. They've already been conditioned to some degree to accept what the world accepts. And then to try and wrap your, your mind around an objective truth that doesn't change and hasn't changed. If they were born uh, years and years before, they would, you know, they would probably more align themselves uh, without even knowing it with the Bible. But right. now that the society has changed so much, it's like, well, how can I, how can I, in this culture, um, agree with a God who doesn't agree with what culture agrees with? And I think that's right. a, that's one of the big problems with people and how they Absolutely. how they assess. Yep, well said. Um, do you believe, and this is a question I added later um, uh, in the week, is do you believe that people can be born homosexual or with homosexual tendencies? Uh, short answer, no. I, I believe that it's um, just because you are orientated to a certain um, desire or attraction uh, doesn't make it okay. Um, the urge to do something does not make the urge correct. You know, as a, as a male, I have the urge to sleep with every beautiful woman I see. That does not make it correct. There, there is not any avenue in, or any um, uh, group in society that would say that you should sleep with as many women as you want, and, and especially as a married man. Um, and, and, and desiring it doesn't make it right. You know, men desire pornography, women desire pornography, but there's, it's proven that that ruins marriage. And that, that, that causes, it causes violent behavior and that it causes a, 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 a break in society. Um, also, um, you know, they, they, there's the belief that God made me this way, so isn't it just right? You know, I'm a big man. I like to eat. But the Lord gave us food not to overindulge and to turn into our God and have the, it become our focus. He gave it to us for his glory. Mm -hmm. have, you, have you ever just tasted something and it's just tasted so sweet and just wondered how all those flavors you know what, a, what an intelligent creator would, would make all of these things that taste so delicious and then you put them together and it's just so much better you know that's for his glory it's not for me to sit and eat a whole thing of Haagen-Dazs mm -hmm. just so I could sit and get fat you know you know, it's, it's just the urge and, and just the, the desire for it and, and I can say well God made me big he made me to carry a bunch of weight well, that, that doesn't really hold any water. Mm -hmm. That's not what his word says. It's contradictory. He says, don't be a glutton. Mm -hmm. He says, don't overindulge. And then um, it, it just is that that's kind of it's, it's a bent like any sin. And, and the more that we invest in it, the more that we pour into it, the stronger it's going to take over in us. Yeah. But ultimately, I think it's it's, um, you know, being someone who's overcoming a pornography addiction, you know, there was a part of my life where it was like, oh, just what I, what you did, you know, going through high school and college. 
is what you did and then to become saved and be, become a believer and to have the Lord point out like this is what it's doing to your marriage this is what it's doing to your mind and to your heart and ultimately you, you are worshipping and, and completely using people who have been made, created in my image mm. that, that we are made in, each other, in God's image that we, we are walking, living, breathing examples, idols of him we are called to fill the earth and and when we are in, involved in that kind of a sin, we are saying, I don't care what you say, God, I'm going to do things my way. Mm. And that's the, that's the definition of sin. That's, the defi- and that's just an affront to his creation and to a holy God who created everything. And, and so with any sin, when we, when we just dive into it more, we just are continuing to say, I don't need you, God, I'm going to go my own way. And we know from uh, conversations we've had in other sessions and other episodes of Hardcore Christianity where that leads, mm-hmm. that tor- type of mentality. So uh, there is a God who, who is there to, to walk through with us through these things and his character shows that he, he doesn't allow any temptation to, to um, be put in front of us that he hasn't equipped us to overcome or that he won't walk with us through. Well, I find that question uh, of uh, whether you can be born homosexual or with homosexual tendencies a, a complex question mm-hmm. yes um i'll bring a little science into it <laughs> uh there's an article that i read called scientists may ha- the, the title of the article is scientists may have finally unlocked puzzle of why people are gay and mm-hmm. one of the excerpts is a group of scientists suggested tuesday that homosexuals get their trait from their from their opposite sex parents a lesbian will almost always get the trait from the from her father while a, a gay man will get the trait from his mother. And that was from U.S. News and World Report. And then I found another article that's contradicting that article was saying, the title of that article is, um, are gays born that way? Most Americans say yes, but science says no. And the excerpt says, according to the latest Gallup poll, 51% of Americans say that people are born gay or lesbian, while only 30% say outside factors such as upbringing and environment uh, determine sexual orientation. However, science would not bear that out. No fewer than eight major s- studies from around the world have found homosexuality is not a genetic condition, and that is from LifeSite. Uh, and I'll read one more. This is from Statista. I think this kind of brings uh, this discussion together. It says, additionally, the nur- nature versus nurture discussion regarding um, sexual orientation has been changing direction significantly over the last few years. While a remarkable majority of Americans still believe that identifying as gay or lesbian was due to their upbringing or other environmental factors a few years ago, the notion of sexual orientation has not been a choice or acquired trait that can be stripped off um, has been gaining momentum. So basically, uh, the nature versus nurture uh, the fact that um, uh, people, the, the, the trend is now that, um, that the environmental or uh, taught behavior is less popular. Now it's more popular to believe that um, people are born that way mm-hmm. uh, genetically. And the thing about it is, though, um, Andy, I think I, I, I don't totally disagree with you, but I think I, think I have a different, a different vision of, of the whole born that way thing. And um, I believe that it's possible Uh, and only because um there are believers out there christian believers um who who may identify as either homosexual or fighting a homosexual tendency and 
if you have a if you are a person who have tendencies toward homosexuality and you don't want them if you want to be a follower of christ if you're not embracing homosexuality that is not a behavior of choice in my mind that's a behavior of someone saying i don't want this i didn't ask for this i wish i didn't have these tendencies but i do now now i find in the bible that it says i'm not supposed to be this way yet i am this way if it were that easy i believe that a lot of people who claim to be believers uh, and identify as homosexual or have homosexual tendencies would just say oh well i guess i choose not to do that anymore and I know that some, um, some, I believe there are a lot of people in our world that choose homosexuality uh, or even bisexual uh, uh, tendencies uh, where they decide um, later in life, you know what, I'll try that out. I, I'll give that a shot. What is this whole thing? I, I got to experience all of what life has to offer. Let me try this other thing. I do believe there are people that way, but I don't know if I'm quick to say that people can't be born with these tendencies only because I know that there are people who are believers, real believers, um, that don't want it, but they have it. I also know that there are people who are um, uh, born with other traits uh, that are not homosexual tendencies, but maybe they're born with, uh, um, you know, they're uh, born with um, drug addictions because their parents didn't do the right thing while they were um, pregnant. And so they're born uh, with this deficiency already. Mm -hmm. you, you, you're told that this is the way you're supposed to act as a Christian, but already out of the gate, I have these desires uh, for these uh, substances or for this behavior that I didn't ask for. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't know if I, I, I can honestly say I don't know, but I can say that I'm not quick to say no because first off, I don't have to deal with it. I, you know, I'm on the other side, so I don't mm -hmm. have to deal with this, this thing that people are fighting. Uh, but I don't know enough to know that 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 it's something that that people I don't know if we're born with the tendencies or whatever or where it comes from. Um, I guess I'm I guess I come to the point where I don't know if it's always a choice. If, if people just say I choose to do this, sometimes I wonder if it is something that they just they just can't they fight and they just say why well, I've wanted this behavior for so long as long as I can remember it, I can't fight it. I've been fighting it and fighting it and fighting it and I don't know what to do with it. So that said, um, I wanted to bring up that question because I know that there are a lot of people who, who have been, this question has been brought up and, and they've been in the news and we've saw some statistics and uh, mm -hmm. people have reported on it and they fall on both sides of the, of the, of the fence on this. Um, it's important to mention, but still it doesn't change uh, the character of God, even if, even if it were true, even if it is true that people are born with tendencies that are homosexual if you identify as a Christian, you have to address it as sin because God addresses it as sin. So, absolutely. All right. So, how has the culture, the the current sexual revolution, um, made it culturally evil to identify homosexuality as sin? And we kind of alluded to it a little bit, but how is just being a Christian now make us vilified for believing homosexuality is a sin? Have you seen that? Well, Christianity is no longer the um, the ball field that we play on. We, we are in a society now that is a humanistic society. You know, and humanism is the, the that man is the measure of everything. So what we think is best for us, what we want is what our drive is and what we're going to work for. So uh, that is completely um, against what the Bible teaches, what Christians believe. 
We believe that we are here for the glory of God and that we are here to, to enjoy him. The more that we enjoy him, the more glorified he is. The more that we satisfied we are in him, the more he is glorified. And so that pushes against this, this me, 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 everything that I want. You know, I'm going to do whatever I want. And I think that we're seeing that more and more um, to, to throughout the entire uh, country and now it's spreading across the world is mm-hmm. this, this spirit of humanism. Um, we've moved from a, a, a society that's based on uh, an infinite creator God to a society that, of matter and material where ultimately no, no one matters, nothing matters. And I think that that started, you know, it started in the 60s with the sexual revolution. You know, sex became cheap. You could have it with every, anyone. And then there came abortion. And then there came divorce and disposable marriages. And I think what we're seeing now is the postmodern um fallout of this sexual revolution that's been going on for 50 almost 60 years mm-hmm, now mm-hmm. and and for christians who the whole time have said um that's wrong i think it's twofold one it shows a failure of the christian um leadership and christian churches to to really um walk alongside people who are seeking that and to continue to to stand against that and the second um sort is, is or side of it is, is that um, homosexuality, so homosexuality is a result of a world that's just gone rampant and like you said it has come into the church you know there are churches now that are, are doing homosexual marriages and that mm-hmm. are, are being forced to do homosexual marriages and we're seeing it left and right and so what's, what's happening is is now law and, and laws and legislature are being used to set morals and that's not the way it should be there shouldn't be laws on morality and so there's just been a complete breakdown of the Judeo-Christian values that are set down. So um, that really the sexual revolution was the, the start of the, the breakdown of the, the foundation of the Judeo-Christian values in our society. And we're learning that even just to associate with Christianity and what, what is biblically true, we are vilified. I mean, even by association, you don't even have to... Uh, uh, quote-unquote judge someone for their behavior knowing that you are what is considered conservative or is considered a christian uh uh, will vilify you um before you even have to say a word and i think that that um um, uh the the liberal um ideology is supposedly all inclusive and that's not 100% true because they're inclusive to people who believe the way that they believe and they're dismissive and even um, violent uh, toward those who believe otherwise. And because believers hold to a a word, a Bible that has not changed, uh, that alone uh, will make people believe that you are evil and that your thoughts are evil. Um, even if it isn't really our own thoughts, like we wrote the Bible or, or, or something, it's mm-hmm. just because we associate with it and we identify as a Christian and just by identifying as a Christian means that you support the ideas of the Bible and the Bible itself is, um, is counter culture and counter world and, and how we're supposed to live. And I think that even just saying it, they, I, I believe that, um, those who aren't believers and, and subscribe to, uh, um, these, uh, the sexual revolution, um, just think that you are against them, that you are judging them, and that, uh, you know, I, I think that's a hard, it's really a hard um, relationship to 
to smooth over to to make right because it's a chasm that's hard to I think a hard to breach even mm-hmm. if we don't have to say a word and it, that to me is unfortunate um but uh um I also think it's difficult when our society begins to think, you know, when Christians, believers, how they are to navigate this new world. Um, we see it in the news where um, believers are, 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 are struck with this decision. Should I bake this cake for a, um, a, a homosexual couple that's getting married? Am I, am I in some way um, disobeying my God by doing that? Am I disobeying God by marrying a gay couple or am I disobeying God by renting um, this this house to a gay couple? Um, Because in the mind of a believer, we might be thinking, well, we're enabling this kind of behavior, which means in some way that we're supporting this kind of behavior. And so um, how and this isn't a question on the page, I guess, but how and, and you might not even had a chance to prepare for this, but how are we to address uh, those kind of things in our in our culture today. How are we as believers to react to things that are um, really against what the Bible says? But now we're being told by our government that we need to support at least uh, in part uh, this new sexual revolution. So we're not speaking directly in terms of the cake, are we? <laughs> <laughs> not just the cake, but anything that that a believer might be thinking. Well. I can't do that because my belief says I can't do that. If I do that, then now I'm supporting and support or seemingly in support of this, of this new sexual revolution. Well, I think um, when it comes to sexual revolution, we're, we're told to stand on the gospel. And so the gospel is, is um, the answer and what is really needed. Uh, I think that everyone, we need to, to approach it this way. We are given enough grace each day for that day. And so as believers, we need to humbly wake up in the morning and, and come before God and admit all the faults and all the sin that we have in ourselves and ask for his guidance and, and the, to hold on to the promise that he'll give us the grace and mercy needed for that day. Mm-hmm. And I think that it can be taken to an extent, but I also think there are moments when you have to be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and you have to stand instead of kneel. Yeah. You know, and I think that those moments are, are clearly delineated. Um, when it comes to baking a cake for a couple, does that mean that we are uh, condoning their marriage or we're just pro- providing a service as a, as a um, business owner or an artist even? Um, I don't know. I go back and forth with that. But would I attend the, the marriage or the wedding of a homosexual couple? No, because biblically I think that we're, we're held to account to the marriages mm-hmm. that we attend and we witness to. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, that'd be a hard line. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I have been to training with homosexual couples and they have a heart for um, taking care of kids. It's foster training. Mm -hmm. They have a heart for taking care of children. There are a lot of homosexual couples that go into foster care to adopt. Um, And I think that uh, we can pray for them, but am I called to stay away from them and be cut off from them? No, you can't catch sin. You know, it's not not something that we're going to catch and start doing. We're called to love them. Mm-hmm. So um, when it comes to to the sexual revolution and, and how to respond to an increasingly aggressive society against our Christian values, I would say it's a daily walk where we mm-hmm. need to first come before our God and be humbled and remember that we represent him and that we don't have to participate in the sin, yeah. but that we can love the sinner and we can still be Christ through those things. I like how you put that 
But I also would add to it, I think that, uh, because to me, I've done the same thing. I've struggled with what you are to do in certain situations like that. But I think that um, believers, and I, before now I didn't have an answer to this question, but I think even as I was hearing you talk, I think I have somewhat of an answer, is I think that we need to rely on the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. When we come against situations like that, the, where we're, we are tempted to use our, our righteous indignation or, try, or tempted to use our own uh, uh, um, thoughts on an issue, even if they are grounded in the word, I think that we really need to stop and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to our heart. Maybe, maybe your course of action was right, mm -hmm. or maybe you were to handle it a different way, even if it's just slightly different. Yeah. When it comes to things like that that are so difficult, that are hard to find the line on what we're supposed to do left or right, where we're supposed to go, I think that that is where we most, most have to listen to the Holy Spirit. We most have to pray and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to our heart. If he's telling us that we need to uh, not bend a knee like Shadrach, mm -hmm. Meshach, and Abednego, then that's the stance we need to take. Or if we need to show love, we need to show the carrot before the stick, mm -hmm. uh, then maybe that's the way we need to go. Since I have no answer, that would be my go-to, is to pray to the Lord and say, Holy Spirit, please let me know, because I don't know. I don't know how to handle the situation. I don't know what I'm supposed to do here in this situation, and I believe that the Holy Spirit will guide you if you are struggling with that. Absolutely, amen. Well, when we come back, we'll turn our attention to what the Bible says about homosexuality. And if homosexuality is a sin, what that says about our God. So stay with us. If you'd like to let us know your thoughts about this episode, feel free to drop us an email at writecmv at hotmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Want to watch episodes of Christian music videos online? Visit the CMV Mobile YouTube channel and catch full episodes featuring independent Christian artists. Every month, one new episode from the television series is added to the channel. Now, you can watch CMV anytime on your mobile device, computer, and even your television using a web-enabled device like the Apple TV. Just go to ktfproductions.com and find the CMV mobile link on the Christian Music video page. You can also subscribe to the channel if you want to be updated when a new episode is added. CMV Mobile. Watch anytime, anywhere. Allow yourself to be challenged and encouraged toward a deeper relationship with Christ through Lord of My Life Bible devotions. For the print version, you could read online or subscribe and have them emailed to you as they are posted. And for the audio version, you can listen online or subscribe to the audio podcast and receive episodes as they are released. The Lord of My Life Bible devotions. Find them at ktfproductions.com. Today, Andy and I are talking about homosexuality. Is homosexuality a sin? Well, as we discovered in the first part of the show, homosexual identity has evolved over time, and the acceptance of the moral revolution has gained steam in recent years. We explored statistics and science regarding homosexuality and shared our opinions on the subject. But in this segment, we'll discuss what the Bible has to say about homosexuality. So Andy, what does the Bible have to say about homosexuality? Uh, Leviticus 18.22 says that you shall not lie with a male as with a woman. It is an abomination. 
Uh, Romans chapter 1, verses 24 through 29. Therefore God gave them up in the lust of their hearts to impurity, to dishonoring their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie, and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason God gave them up to dishonorable passions, for their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature, and the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another. Men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and maliciousness. I have a couple more to add to the list. Uh, back in Leviticus again. So the, the idea is there are scripture both in Old and New Testament. In Leviticus 20.13 it says, If a man has sexual relations with a man as one does with a woman, both of them have done what is detestable. They are to be put to death. Their blood will be on their own heads. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9-11 through 11, it says, Or do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, or thieves, or the greedy, or drunkards, or slanderers, or swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And that is what some of you were. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. And then one last one in uh, Jude chapter 1 verse 7 which says, In a similar way, Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding towns gave themselves up to sexual immorality and perversion. They serve as an example of those who suffer the punishment of eternal fire. So we see here that the Bible clearly does address the topic of homosexuality mm -hmm. and in some cases even uses depending on what version you're reading the the name the word homosexual uh a behavior in in his wording so there's no way around it i mean the bible is clear on how god feels about homosexuality absolutely i, I think it's it's very clear that um it is a sin, but it's also important to note that it is not placed above other sins, that it's, it's lumped right in there with uh, sins that heterosexuals and, and all alike commit every day and walk in. Right. And you notice, uh, to, to support the idea that you talked about when I was talking in First Corinthians, it, it mentioned um, a lot of different things along with homosexual behavior, um, such as idolatry, adulterers, um, greed, uh, drunkenness, uh, slanderers, and swindlers are all lumped in, and thievery, are all lumped in, lumped in with the same behavior. So it's not like, uh, like um, it was being said that one is worse than the other, that homosexuality is the worst sin you can do or anything, or is worse than any other sin. So that is important. I'm glad you mentioned that. So why should believers agree that homosexuality is sin? Uh, well, I would go back to the Romans where uh, the Lord will ultimately give us over to a debased mind. Uh, so any sort of sexual immorality or any sort of sin that we're walking in and we continue to walk in that, ultimately the Lord's going to, he's not going to force us. He's not going to break our back over it. Mm -hmm. He's going to be patient. He's going to be long-suffering, but he's going to reach a point where ultimately he's like, okay, you, I'm turning you over to what you want so much and, and we're going to be turned over to worship the creation and not the creator. Mm. Ultimately, when it comes to homosexuality, I see this as a creation issue. 
So in creation, it's very clear that man was created, and and he was created from the dust. The breath of life was breathed in him by God, and that the Lord created Eve off of the man, and that the Bible says very clearly the two will become one, and that and when we are married and when we're with our wife, the Lord sees us as one, and that also speaks to why divorce is an abomination. Why should not should not be a divorce except for the one um, caveat that the Lord gives us, which is adultery, mm -hmm. which is against sexual immorality. Mm -hmm. So all of these point back to the fact that this is a creation issue. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, to go against the, the order of creation is an affront to the Creator. Mm -hmm. Now, He is a holy God, and He deserves our respect. And He does not, as I mentioned before, give us anything that we aren't, aren't capable or equipped to overcome. Uh, I don't know why the Lord gives us certain events that make more some sins more um, uh, enticing to others. Mm -hmm. You know, like my wife loves pop, loves it. If there's pop, she can drink all of it. I could go without it. You know, why? Why is it that we are bent to a certain way? Mm -hmm. But ultimately, um, what it says about our God is that He has set things into a certain way. And as you s have spoken in, in previous uh, conversations that we've had. He has a very clear set of rules, and that, you know, his, his rules are not to be broken. Mm -hmm. His word is law, and, and to go against that says that we, I, I hear what you say, I don't agree with it, because I'm going to do my own right. thing. Right. And that is an affront to him. So um, that says to our God that he is serious, but also I think that it shows that he is loving, that he is patient and long-suffering, and that um, the, the door isn't closed, that... Paul is the perfect portrayal that no, no one is beyond the, the grace of the Lord or saving. So a homosexual Christian watching this or even a homosexual who, who might not uh, be a believer watching this should know that they are not believe beyond the, the love and reach of their creator, of their God, that he loves them infinitely. Mm -hmm. And that he knows, he knows, he knew before the cross, he knew before creation the sin that was going to be in their life, but nothing has, can outspan the reach of his love. Mm -hmm. And that, that, that the turning to Jesus and, and actively seeking him is, is um, the start to a path of, of just a whole new life. Well, to the question, uh, why should believers agree that homosexuality is sin? My answer would be because God does. Just simple as that. Mm. Um, we need to, as believers, find out what pleases God and pursue that and find out what God hates and stay away from that. And the Bible is clear about this particular thing and, and is clear uh, about a lot of other things. But since we're talking about homosexuality today, um, that's what I would say. That's what, because God says it. The thing is, is that if, uh, like I said, if, if God were to say that uh, two different ethnicities shouldn't marry, well, then I would be in error then too. And, uh, even if my mind can't understand why I wouldn't, I, I'm like, well, why is that a problem with you, God? I don't understand why that's a problem with you. I, it seems okay to me, but because God says it, because the word is a reflection of who God is. And because we know that, um, God is displeased with that kind of behavior is the reason to obey it. And, uh, if I were, if, if I were an error, then I would have to say, well, I'm an error and I have to correct that. I have to repent from that. Um, uh, but, in my instance, it doesn't say that in the Bible. So anyway, that's, that's as simple as I would boil it down to. As Bible-believing Christians, we need to look at the whole Bible from beginning to end, and we have to take even the things that are hard to accept, even in our culture, because this wasn't hard to accept um, in some cultures, in some circles, in some areas around the world 
uh, in our past, it wasn't as hard to accept as it is today that homosexuality is a sin. But the Bible doesn't change. The God is this, our God is the same. And so we need to take that into consideration when we struggle with issues like this. So um, if homosexuality is sin, and, and you, sin um, how, what does this say about our God? And I think you alluded to some of that, but do you have anything more to say about if homosexuality is a sin, what does this say about our God? Uh, just that he's long-suffering, long that like you said, he doesn't change, and that he stands by his word, and that uh, he has given us nothing that, uh, or he, he has equipped us to overcome any temptation that he's given mm -hmm. in front of us, uh, that he's, he's bigger He's bigger than anything. It's like a heroin addict, you know. He's he's bigger than heroin. He, he's bigger than homosexuality. He's bigger mm -hmm. than any sexual uh, 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 sort of sexual immorality that might be in our life. He's bigger than any sin that we walk mm -hmm. walk in. He's bigger. And it says to me too that God has an order of things, and you and we've alluded to this yeah. already in, mm -hmm. in in the in this episode that God in creation um, ordered things in a certain way, and He said it was good. He has an idea uh, of what he wants um, humanity to be, what he wants especially believers to be. And so I believe that his stance or his, his uh, reflection of, what, of how he feels about homosexuality is a reflection on what he wanted the world to be and what he wants believers to be. Um, Jesus points it out, and you've actually mentioned it, but I'll read it uh, in Matthew chapter 19, verse 4 and 5. It says, haven't you read? He replied that at the beginning, the creator made them male and female. He said, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united with his wife and the two will become one flesh. And this is just from me here. Um, and I wanted to read it because I wanted to get it right. because I wrote it down. It was always God's intent for sex to be between a man and a woman, unrelated by family ties, monogamous for life unless someone should die in the confines of marriage. Uh, confined within the bounds of marriage. That is God's desire for the human race, but his plan for all people. Mm -hmm. So as we read the Bible, these are things that are evident. He, when he talks about homosexuality, oftentimes he talks about incest too. He does not want that. It's supposed to be between a man and a woman without family ties, uh, monogamous until death, if you're married to the person. And so these are some of the things that God has planned. This is his, this was his ordered plan for us and if we and, and that w is what it tells me about our God this is his plan this is what he wanted mm -hmm. so that's what I get out of uh, of at least that specific commandment yep, absolutely I would agree with that all right so um, how should believers respond to the sexual revolution uh, as I mentioned before I think that we ultimately we're all sinners so respond with the gospel and that we need to, to remember that even when we're called bigots or it might seem like the world is against us that um, we're called to stand firm on the word of God. And I think, too, that, uh, and I mentioned it a little bit before, that we need to model what Jesus did. Absolutely. When, it come, when you look, read, his, read about him and you see his life and how he handled uh, people who were not living according to what his, his word says, he did not vilify them. He showed them love. Mm -hmm. And I think that we as believers have to do the same. And I like to think about it as using the carrot and not the stick. Love people into the kingdom and don't condemn them and yep. start to uh, you know, judge them. And Jesus never did that. Uh, mm -hmm. Jesus actually loved them. And it was through that love that they come to saving knowledge of Jesus. And after they became a believer, then uh, the spirit addressed that in their lives. So 
we need to use the same methodology that our Lord used mm -hmm. when he addressed people. I would agree there's a very important aspect of being relational. I remember hearing about a speaker talking about being in New Orleans and uh, going to the, the homeless um, people down there. And, you know, they've all heard it before. They don't want to hear it again. But what they did is they started buying tacos and going down and just eating tacos with them and, and getting to know them and, that, and being involved and coming into their life. And that's what the Lord did in our life. He came into our our life, our mm -hmm. world. Because as you mentioned too, homosexuality, just like any other sin, is sin. And we all are sinners saved by grace. Uh, so we're not any different than anyone who's, who's committed any kind of sin. Even murder, mm -hmm. uh, we're no different than, than uh, that in God's eyes. We are all sin. We all fall short. Our righteousness is as filthy rags. Yeah. So when we approach those who have sinned, we need to remember we were there. We were them. And we, in some ways, have the tendencies to sin. And we, we fall ourselves. So we need to use the kind of grace that, that the Lord uses on us. Uh, and, and if we're going to err, err in mercy and grace like the Lord does with us, he is extreme in his mercy mm -hmm. and extreme in his grace. And we should be too and not become self-righteous and get on our high horse as if we have it all together and we have yes. all the answers and you're wrong and I'm right. So I think that's one of the things we should practice as well. Absolutely. Okay, now this is another question that I added late. What would you say to a homosexual Christian struggling with what the Bible says about homosexuality? Uh, I've said it a few times that, you know, we, we need to humble ourselves before God. That's the first step in, 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 in any with any Christian walking in sin is come before the Lord humbly and that we need to realize that God does not tempt us and place us into situations that he, he hasn't equipped us to, to work through and to gain victory over. Ultimately, a, a born-again, redeemed Christian is in mm -hmm. the process of sanctification, becoming more like Christ. Um if we are uh, if we are in a situation that we feel like we can't win uh, some practical steps are two Puritan words that I came across the first one is vivification which means building yourself up and to stir your affections for Christ so it's filling your life with a desire for Christ it's filling your life with you know everything that you can get your hands on reading the Bible being in the word listening to, to music but being praying just getting in that relationship with Christ and the second one is mortification which means that you, 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 you make war with your sin. And the Bible says that your, your old man, the old sinful man is, is dead, putting a dead death to your sin, crucifying your flesh, crucifying your sinful nature, and, and putting war against that and letting the Lord work inside you through the Spirit. Uh, and finally, um, I would suggest finding a, a safe community that they can confess their sin. As Christians, we're called to confess you know, the enemy wants to cut us off. He wants to cut that one sheep, sheep off from the flock, and he wants to get us on our own. And confession keeps us from being cut off. If we can be open with it, you know, the enemy cannot cannot continue on with the sin in our heart when we are we bring it to the light. Mm -hmm. He flees that light. And so when we, if we can find a trusted community of believers that we can confess and be open with, and if, they, and if some a Christian or a believer walking in homosexuality or struggling with homosexuality can come to that and, and be fed and be open and be heard, not be condemned or judged like you've spoken to. I think that those are steps to really uh, allowing the Lord to work in their heart and walk with them through this. It is possible in my, my research for this. I came across a man who works very closely with the village church, and he was raped by his step-grandfather growing up. And he grew up, it was over a decade of this happened, growing up and believing that that was natural, so he became a homosexual male. 
And he was saved, and he became part of a very close group of believers, and he was honest and upfront about it, and the Lord worked in his heart to where now he is. He's a heterosexual man, and he didn't know if he'd ever find a woman attractive, mm. but he is in love with his wife. Praise and God. And he is absolutely, every time she walks in the room, he says his heart just stops, and then he loves her. And that's a testimony of the, the, the power of Jesus Amen. Christ. Amen. Well, I think also that... Um, that people need to not be homosexual people, Christians who identify as Christians yet with a homosexual tendency should not deceive themselves about what the Bible says. Even though our culture is going one way, please do not deceive yourself. The Bible is clear and we need to make sure that we uh, do not try and, and go with the culture and, and agree with the culture. Uh, we need to, 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 to not be deceived. And I think that that is probably, um, one of the things that I that I can see that some believers might want to do, especially in, in churches that have embraced um, the idea that homosexuality is no longer a sin in their in their congregations in their um, their body uh, that they have done, yes. which um, so they are deceived. Um, if you are a, a, a homosexual believer, do not be deceived. Uh, the Bible is clear, and it has not changed and will not change. So that is one of the things that I wanted to say. Um, about that and it's just um, it's I, I can't imagine how difficult it must be yeah. uh, to try and fight those tendencies but we, we have to be honest with ourselves and honest with the word uh, that is objective truth that is the character of God so mm. so what are some of the takeaways uh, this is the last question what are some of the takeaways that will help us become more hardcore in our faith in light of what we've learned in, in our talk today I think it's twofold based on our talk today. I think it's for uh, us Christians uh, that are are walking and that, you know, we're going to come up, if we haven't already, we're going to experience it. We're going to come up to a transgender in a store. We're going to have, have a colleague or someone into our family that is homosexual. So we need to walk in that daily humility for the Lord so that we can respond when we spoke of earlier when it comes to that moment where we need to make a decision is am I bowing my knee to a, an idol or mm-hmm. is this something that I can walk comfortably and and so or confidently and in the Lord so uh, a, a genuine spirit of humility in front of the Lord daily for his grace and mercy to mm-hmm. walk and um, I found that um, homosexuals expect Christians to be harsh and to be to respond um, with anger and with hate mm-hmm. so um Again, speaking to your amazing point about being relational, being mm-hmm. relationally focused and realizing that there is no different than any sin that we've ever right. committed. Uh, for the Christian walking in um, sin, I would say that it would start with the, the first getting the acknowledging, like you said, that what the Bible says and that it is the authoritative word, that there is no, no um, ifs, ands, or buts about it that this is what the Bible says and, and deciding are you going to believe that that's what the Bible says and how are you going to respond to that because one path is, leads to redemption and um, a reconciliation with the Lord and, and an understanding that he will walk through you with it and the other side is where you're actively going against the Lord and the Lord says that any proud that stand in his way he will he will knock down mm-hmm. anyone that is full of pride. Uh, yeah, and I think that... Um, we as believers need to make sure that we worry less about what the world is doing and worry more about what the church is doing. I think I'm more concerned about the church with this topic um, because uh, this is a trend where the church is starting to become uh, less and less uh, Bible-minded, Bible-grounded, and they're going away from it. And that, to me, is, is the real the real problem here 
uh, we will have homosexuality in our world. There will be people who, uh, who are not for the Bible. But when it comes to our church, when it comes to people who claim to be believers in Christ, and we uh, look at the Bible and say, well, no, I don't care about that one. This is change now. We, we want to change the wording of the Bible <laughs> here or, or yeah. ignore this portion of Scripture. And not only ignore it, but even embrace it. And I know our culture is, but when our church does it, then we are really going away from God. And we'll have to have a Hilkiah uh, a, 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 a moment yeah. where, yeah, like Josiah and Hilkiah, where mm-hmm. we, we are reintroduced to the Bible and uh, retaught what the Bible is. Uh, and and I, I'm afraid of that. I, I'm afraid for our church because of, of the way things are going uh, with that. But then also just um, not to uh, allow culture to change what we know about the Bible. Um, I know the culture will go a, a different way and even more so as time goes on. But we as believers have to stand strong and stick with what the Bible says. We cannot change the Bible and we cannot change our views on the Bible. It is what we consider objective truth. That means if, the, if, the, if another church is deciding to go this way or if the culture is deciding to go this way and the Bible is not because it doesn't change, we need to remain steadfast to the truth of who God is and the truth mm-hmm. of what the Bible says that he is. We learn about his character. We learn about what he likes and what he doesn't like. And so we need to pursue what he likes and stay away from what he doesn't like. Amen. Well, I want to thank you for spending time with us to explore the question, is homosexuality sin? Be sure to join us next time as we attempt to tackle the question, is prayer a waste of time? Hope to see you then. If you'd like to let us know your thoughts about this episode, feel free to drop us an email at writecmv at hotmail.com to leave us a comment. That's W-R-I-T-E-C-M-V at hotmail.com. We'd love to hear from you.